Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Friday, December 24th, 2021. I'm your host, George Kurth, and I'm here with Cody Roadcap. Cody, how are you feeling on this wonderful Christmas Eve? I'm feeling great. I'm ready to do this podcast so we can get to bed early and Santa Claus can make it to my house and, you know, be all giddy tomorrow morning. Is he going to bring you all of your fantasy football hopes and dreams this year? I'm just hoping for a surprise activation from DeAndre Swift. If that's what I can get for the fantasy playoffs, I would be very grateful. I'm glad you kept it to one thing because Santa normally grants one big wish. So we're going to hope for that for you and for many other uh, DeAndre Swift fantasy owners out there. Uh, what we're going to cover on the show today, we're going to hit a little bit of NFL news, and we're going to cover every remaining Week 16 game, including who is on the COVID list, who's injured, who we should start. We're going to get you guys to the Fantasy Championship next week. Make sure you find us on thecouchgms.com and on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thecouchgms. Why don't we just jump right in to our NFL news? And not a lot of news from earlier in the week, but a big one that could shake up a backfield. Potentially. Don't know if it's going to happen right away. Cam Akers was designated to return from injured reserve by the LA Rams. Five and a half, I want to say, months it was after his Achilles injury in the preseason. Seems very fast, in my opinion, and I don't know how much he will be used if he does come back even before the end of the regular season. He's got a three-week window to be activated now. Cody. Any concern about the L.A. backfield now that you already saw a split between Henderson and Michelle and now Cam Akers may be back in the mix as well? Uh, for the fantasy season, absolutely not. That I am going to preface my whole statement here by I am not a doctor. I have not seen his reports, but everything I've heard being a sports fan, being a couch GM, and Achilles injury isn't something you just come back from in six months. It's normally a, a year recovery. Uh, I did do some Googling, which is what us couch DMs like to do when we hear about injuries. And apparently you can come back in six months. So maybe he's having a really impressive recovery. Um, but I believe just a couple weeks ago, he was only running at like 80% in one of those pools that, that you can control how much body weight you are. And it was only like 10%. So I feel like he is making a lot of great process uh, progress, but he needs to get some time to get back for the field. I think this move is more for if we can get him back for the playoffs. Um, I think it's important to remember that just because you activate them from IR, you have that three-week window, and just because you activate someone doesn't guarantee that they're going to come back and play. Prime example is the Green Bay Packers activated David Bakhtiari. He came back to practice, ended up needing a little bit of cleanup on his knee, and he's been essentially a DNP for the last few weeks. He can't go back on IR because that will end the season, so he's just a roster spot until he's, until he's ready to go. Um, I see Cam Akers being that same way, but back to the fantasy playoffs, I think Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson are both um, the guys that are going to lead the way. It's tough right now because Henderson's been dealing with injury. If we'll ever see him get back to that predominant role or for now in like more of a 50-50 split, I know even on Tuesday, uh, Daryl Henderson was out-snapped by Sonny Michelle. Yeah, it's just become a little bit of a mess in that backfield lately, which stinks because Henderson was a lead back and was very productive for most of the season. Injuries just happen. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't think Cam Akers is going to affect anything at the end of the fantasy season. 
definitely something to look at if you end up playing fantasy in the playoffs or if you're looking at daily fantasy in the playoffs or just watching playoff football. Cam Akers may see some snaps if he is healthy enough. Absolutely. But that's all the news. <clears throat> I know. I, I do think it's interesting. Real quick, one last thing. When I was doing my my Google okay. research on Cam Akers is because he got he's allowed to return because he was on the non football injury reserve list because he got this injury he got this injury before you know like when he was training off out away from the facility. So because mm-hmm. I, I was confused at first when this came out because I was like they put him in on IR in August or. And I'm like, you can't come back unless you make the initial 53 and then are put on IR. But he was put on IR, a part of the 53 cuts. But apparently because he was on the non-football injury list, that uh, he can still be activated off that list, even though he wasn't on the initial 53. So if you were confused like me when you saw that, hopefully th- that clarification helps you out as well. It's actually something I hadn't thought of because you don't normally think of that past the first few weeks of the regular season. Because most of the people that get put on injury reserve from the preseason come back in the first five, six weeks of the year. I hadn't thought of that, but that's, that's a great point for everyone out there. Um, clarifying some NFL rules that we normally don't even understand. So, all right, that's all we got for news. Let's get to what we, what the people came here for and preview every week, 16 matchup. And Cody, I'm just going to let you take the wheel on the first one because Christmas day We'll start it off with the Cleveland Browns traveling to your Green Bay Packers. Go ahead, jump in, talk some Packers. All righty, this should be a, a good matchup. I know we're still waiting on the statuses of Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, and Jarvis Landry, if any of them can get off the COVID list. From my understanding, uh, again, the NFL rules are sometimes hard to f- follow, but I believe the 10th day for Baker Mayfield would be Saturday. So I think he can be... He'll come off the list Saturday. So as long as he can test positive or not test positive, test <laughs> in a good way for his um, conditioning test, I believe he should be good to go. It would be tough. He'd be coming off of literally no practice. Not He probably was involved virtually, but not in the building. Um, so we'll wait and see on the Baker or if it will be another week of Nick Mullins. On the Packers side, they're missing MVS uh, for COVID. But this should be a great game on Christmas. Uh, hopefully you guys have just finished up with your families or maybe your significant other or just a friend. Or maybe uh, you just want to watch some good old football. I remember a couple years ago they were calling Cleveland Green Bay South because that seemed like they were getting all the ex-Packers, Packers executives. Um, so I'm just really excited for this game. It's not the the marquee matchup we would have thought, but I still don't think the Cleveland Browns can be overlooked with their 7-7 seven and seven record. Definitely. And I'm actually interested if Baker does come back. I know you're talking about he's not going to have any practice time in the building. He's still somebody who is a veteran established quarterback who knows the system. I think he could at least run the offense, you know, solid. But, you know, he's been so banged up. What's it going to be like now that we could see Baker Mayfield with 10 extra days of, you know, literally sitting, not practicing rest if he's going to come back looking a little bit better, a little bit more like the Baker we remember. Like I have a feeling that there's, he's saying that the injuries aren't completely affecting him. I think there's definitely something to the injuries and the reason that the Browns are seven and seven. Absolutely. And it's just, I mean, they've, they were hit hard with COVID that they, you know, they lost in a heartbreaker against Las Vegas last week. They're still dealing with some COVID issues. Their starting center was placed on the COVID list. Um, So they're getting healthy. 
they're just not fully clicking. Um, before we talk into the fantasy, I do want to say there was a report that came out uh, yesterday that the Browns will be a hot player in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes this offseason. So it seems like Baker Mayfield might not be the guy of their future. They haven't given that contract extension. They might try to upgrade, if you call it an upgrade, to Deshaun Watson. So Baker Mayfield might be on a new team or looking for a new place next next year. I feel like if Baker does go, he's going to go to Pittsburgh and make Cleveland like regret that whole decision. But that's just... That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> we'll save that conversation for the offseason. Uh, let's get into the fantasy talk, though. We'll start with the Cleveland Browns. And really, because we there's so much uncertainty, unless I'm wrong, George, I'm saying the only guy we're starting is Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt will still be out, and we don't know Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, any of those. So pretty much the only Brown that I would play is Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think if Hunt would get back for the game, I would probably say Hunt and Chubb. I'm just sticking with Chubb. Um, I just don't I, I'm not a big fan of the secondary wide receivers in an ideal situation. So in this situation, definitely keep it to the basics with Cleveland. Absolutely. And it probably will be this week. But just remember, the Green Bay Packers have not allowed a single player to rush for 100 yards. Um, so the yardage count could this be limited. would be the week it would end, but maybe even not by much. Uh, but or. You know, Nick Chubb will probably still find the end zone, but he might not get the yardage. So it might be a moderate day for him mm-hmm. compared to like an explosive day. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. On the Packers mm-hmm. side, the, your big four of our big three of Rodgers, Adams, Jones, and I said big four because I'd include Dylan at this point as guys you can start on a weekly basis. Um, I know before MVS got COVID, I was talking up him as a potential flex option, waiver wire edition. If he doesn't get back, which doesn't appear likely, um, I think Alan Lazard is in play. He has seemed to step up. You know, we say it goes back and forth between Alan Lazard and MVS. Probably doesn't have the big playability that MVS does, but if you're desperate in a pinch, you need a flex option, you know, two flex league or just a guy that can come in there and probably will see five to seven catches. The yardage vary will uh, rain, or vary, and you'll want, hopefully he catches a touchdown. But Alan Lazard is a, you know, if you have to, last-minute flex option, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I like Lazard better in a half PPR or a PPR format um, because you say he's not the big play threat. You have a better chance of him catching five to seven balls, like you said, than you do of him catching 100 yards and a touchdown. So I like him better in those formats. If you're in a situation where you are in a standard, I might try to look elsewhere other than Lazard, but you still probably could do worse. Um, if there's anything else you want to add, Cody, you can cut me off. If not, I'm going to move us to Christmas night where we're going to see the Indianapolis Colts traveling to the Arizona Cardinals. We can start on the Cardinal side of the ball because I like talking wide receivers and they are obviously missing DeAndre Hopkins for the rest of the season. Christian Kirk had a great week last week. He has been pretty good in the absence of D hop. I know this is a tough matchup against the Colts. Are you still confident in Christian Kirk? Is there another wide receiver in that team you'd rather have? Where you at? Uh, wide receivers for the Cardinals. Uh, well, Rondell Moore is questionable. He hasn't practiced all week, so I, I rule him out for fantasy. Even if he does play, I imagine it'll be his one or two end of rounds type of day. I don't think it'll be a featured aspect. So Christian Kirk is the guy. Um, him or A.J. Green. A.J. Green has definitely slowed off, but he seems to be the guy they like to target in the red zone, try to get him involved. 
Uh, I know that it's it's really tough to evaluate the Cardinals. I'm trying not to have too much recency bias after they came back and got came out and got embarrassed by the Lions. <laughs> I still think this is yes. a, a a good team. Um, they're going to put up a good fight. I know the Colts need to win this game to stay in the running for potentially winning the AFC South. So they're going to bring it out. I do want to say completely not about fantasy, but why is this game an NFL network exclusive? And I don't understand. I don't have the NFL package on our cable plan, but I have NFL game pass. I have NFL Sunday ticket. Like I, I literally pay the NFL for game pass and they won't count to let me watch an NFL network exclusive game. Like they, like they either have to figure out a way so people can buy NFL network outside of cable I'll pay 15 bucks for the game, make it a pay-per-view. I don't really care, but why this game on Christmas night is an NFL network exclusive that I'll have to watch on my cell phone stream over data instead of being able to watch around family and friends because we don't have this it, beyond me. Uh, that's just a little tirade. I had to go on for that. No, but <clears throat> just ahead. before you keep moving on, like I'm interested to see how this new TV deal will affect things like that because Maybe in the future, this NFL Network exclusive game becomes an NFL Network Prime video game. And then you, if you have, an, you know, Amazon Prime, you get it. Like, I'm hoping something like that happens with these games. I know that Thursday Night Football is no longer going to have NFL Network exclusives for the beginning of the season because Prime's taking it over. But, like, there's still these miscellaneous Saturday games that it happens. I'm hoping those go away, too. Yeah, I mean, even like <laughs> last night's Thursday Night matchup was a NFL Network exclusive. that. Mm-hmm. You couldn't you couldn't find hopefully because I know the the first games at least I know those are going away. Hopefully, uh, they just put it on Amazon Prime, and I'm surprised at mm. Christmas. That's that'd be my stocking stuffer to my big gift of DeAndre Swift coming <laughs> back. Um, but back to the fantasy football, I like uh, Christian Kirk and then AJ Green. Um, I think Kirk has more upside. Green would be a little bit safer, but you would definitely need a touchdown in his scenario. Um, the running backs they're supposed to get Chase Edmonds back. Chase Edmonds will play. James Conner is still questionable with his injury. He hasn't practiced all week. Um, if he plays because he hasn't practiced and they have Chase Edmonds now, how confident are you still rolling out? James Conner, are you not really worried because the dude just scores touchdowns anyways? Like the, the dude can get four carries in the game like he was at the beginning of the season, but score two touchdowns. Like I'm not worried playing James Conner because I normally hate touchdown dependent running backs, but he is like the king of the touchdown dependent running back. All right. So, <laughs> George would play both, but we'll definitely keep an eye out on our Twitter channels and we'll tweet out if James Conner can go or not. Pivoting to the, the Colts, there is no question on the running back that you are starting for them. That is Jonathan Taylor. Marlon Mack. Absolutely. Yep. You know, I I saw the, I believe, the Tom Paracello or Ian Rapport. One of them did one of their articles where they interview uh, with um, all the executives and GMs anonymously of course um but they said the mvp race was between jonathan taylor and aaron Rodgers. that's who the 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 league circles believe it's between and on another tangent i'm going on tangents today it's christmas eve it's days of tangent yeah jonathan taylor i would love for this man to win the nfl mvp but for all people that you know with derrick henry going over 2,000 yards last year and then in 2019 Christian McCaffrey going for over a thousand rushing and over a thousand receiving. I feel like it would be such a slap in the face if Jonathan Taylor won it this year, but you can't like, he is the most, if he is so valuable to that Colts offense and what they're doing right now, that 
I think he has a legitimate shot to actually win this. I'm with you. Like the only reason I would be mad is because it seems like the running back doesn't get the MVP conversation. And then all of a sudden this one does like I'm with you because of the Derrick Henry and the Christian McCaffrey's of the world. I'm mad at the same time. If this is a turning point where the running back starts to get MVP notoriety in the future, then I'm happy about it because I mean, it's, there's always going to have to be somebody who you're mad at that gets it first to get everyone else in the conversation. So if that's how this goes, I'm happy with it. If this is a one and done and there's never any respect for the Derrick Henry's and Christian McCaffrey's after this, then I'm mad. I think so. It's going to be a frustrated in the moment, but we'll see how it looks in the long term. Yeah. I also think he's in more of a, feels more in the conversation this year because there hasn't been a true quarterback dominating. Like there wasn't, you know, record breaking seasons from a quarterback like we've seen the last couple of years as well. So they've been up and down. Tom Brady had a bad game. Aaron Rodgers has his own drama that might throw a hamper into it. Patrick Mahomes hasn't been Patrick Mahomes until as of late. So the MVP race will be interesting. We'll talk more about that. But the Colts side, we do got to get back to fantasy. Michael Pittman, he didn't have a great game last week. Carson Wentz didn't have a great game. We expect this to be a more of a high-scoring game. I know the Colts Mm -hmm. defense is good. We expect to bounce back from the Cardinals. Are you okay rolling out Michael Pittman and or Carson Wentz? Now you see where I own Carson Wentz, I have actually dropped him in most places because I'm not, I don't feel like I want to start him this week. And I just, I feel like I have better options at quarterback. So he's probably not Michael Pittman. I'm kind of split 50, 50. It depends on who I've got with him. Uh, There's a couple of leagues where I'm starting him because I am wide receiver desperate. Like he was, he's right around where I'm playing OBJ um van jefferson like those kind of players so like they're borderline flex options um but then like there's situations where in my league like in our league of record i added a gabriel davis and i have jalen waddle and i'm like do i like michael Pittman or do i like someone who's been hot lately like gabriel davis i don't know he's very 50 50 for me because he has been struggling i understand this is a good matchup but he hasn't quite been the productive wide receiver that he was in that middle stretch of the season. So I think it just depends on your team. I'm going to throw out the whole cop out answer of let us know who you've got on your roster. We can, you know, we want to give you personalized fantasy advice. We want to tell you if you should start Michael Pittman or X on your bench. But if you're going out and starting Michael Pittman, this is probably one of the better times to do it here near the end of the season. If you lose with him in your lineup, it's not like you're going to be mad because he's probably one of the players that got you here and it almost fits into the player studs category. Yeah, Michael Pittman is tough because since week 10, he's only had one game over 10 points. So he has hit a little bit of a cold spell. We've seen the explosion of Jonathan Taylor. That's how they run their offense. Um, I, it'd be interesting. I, I agree. I think, you know, Jalen Waddle is a great example. Like I would definitely play Jalen Waddle, except he's coming off mm-hmm. the COVID list. And we've seen contin- numerous times now how players coming off the COVID list because they, if they're not there for practice or the game plan or just not, they don't jump right back into putting up that same product productivity. I'd probably still play a Michael Pittman over a guy. We just talked about like Alan Lazard. I mean, and if you're stuck with some other guy receivers that have hit the COVID list, cause there's quite a few, um, then Michael Pittman seems like a, a better option that you know that can put at least put up points. Uh, but that wraps up the Christmas Day games. 
So we'll hit the one o'clock on Sundays, the day after Christmas, and we'll start it off with George, your favorite team. So since you let me talk Packers, I'll just let you talk Eagles. Okay. Eagles are hosting the New York Giants. Um, this is one of two games back to back here where we're talking about short weeks, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal for the Eagles, except if you're a Miles Sanders owner. I think that's where it starts to become a little bit of a concern because he is now listed with a quad injury on the injury report. We do not know his status, but I do believe if he goes, he's going to get a lot of work. We went from an Eagles team back when Sanders was playing at the beginning of the year that was running the ball 12 times a game to now they're running the ball 35 times a game. So even though he is rotating with Jordan Howard, he's still got 18 carries on Tuesday. And he's not turning in touchdowns, but he's still fantasy relevant because he's getting 125 yards from scrimmage every single game with all those touches. So he's somebody that if he's in the lineup, I am confident in playing. We just don't know his status. If he is out, Jordan Howard is a smash play, in my opinion, especially against the New York Giants team that is weak on defense. The only place that I am a little bit concerned, and I don't really know where to put him, so I'm going to ask you, Cody, is Devontae Smith. He has been very disappointing, part of it because the Eagles passing game has had so much less volume, and it seems like their number one target recently has been Dallas Goddard, another person who I think is a slam, you know, a slam dunk play. What are your thoughts on Devontae Smith this week? Obviously, the Eagles have had a good matchup the last few weeks, and he has not been the most effective wide receiver. Yeah, Devon, Devontae Smith is so boom or bust for me. It's you know, literally since week five, if I go all the way back to week five, he has had only two games over 10 points, excuse me, three games over 10 points since week five. Now, those two games, they were almost 20 point weeks and they were back to back. So you were thinking he was, but you're right. Jalen Hurts has just been inconsistent. I know he did miss a game. There was a, the Gardner Minshew game in there, but between his running, them featuring Dallas Goddard, and how much emphasis they're putting on the run. I think Devontae Smith has kind of been like the, he was very similar to Michael Pittman. He started to come on strong and then he's just really died. Like I'd play Michael Pittman over him. I think that probably helps answer the question the best based off what we just said about Michael Pittman. And I think Devontae Smith, great addition for your dynasty leagues. Potentially, if you got him late in a draft, you might want to consider him as using him as one of your keepers moving into next season. Uh, but I don't think he is much help as of right now to help you go win your playoff matchup. Definitely. I agree with that one. That's probably where I would land. Um, but I just wanted to see if I had any Eagles bias in there or anything like that. Um, it's also worth noting that the Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni, who is expected to miss this game uh, in COVID protocols. Um, they have their passing game coordinator is acting as head coach. And if you look online, he looks an awful lot like Nick Sirianni, so it's kind of funny how like it's almost like they have a backup head coach that almost looks like the starting head coach. But <laughs> we can move on to the Giants side of the ball, where Saquon Barkley has had a history of scoring good points against the Eagles. He's somebody who I would definitely think about having in your lineups this week, unless you're a team that ended up being stacked at running back back when he was hurt. And then maybe if you have some better options, you'd go there. They obviously are missing Daniel Jones on the Giants side of the ball. So I don't really know if I trust any of their wide receivers because of that. I mean, they're still missing some key pieces like Sterling Shepard is out, I believe. I don't trust Kenny Galladay. Kadarius Toney, I believe, is still out as well. So it's not like there's a lot of great options. Um, the only other person I want to mention is, I don't know if you're still on this bandwagon, Cody. Evan Ingram, 
I've heard a couple of people who are in some tight end trouble saying, hey, maybe I should add Evan Ingram. I'm totally out because of the not having Daniel Jones, because he has just been so inconsistent. I think there's tight ends out there who may be more boomer bust, but at least have a chance to break 10. I don't even put Evan Ingram in that category of the chance to break 10 anymore. Yeah, Evan Ingram definitely has been a, a guy that's been back and forth. He hasn't really done much. I mean, I feel like the whole tight end position hasn't done a lot, you know, this whole season. That's why we say they're boom and bust. But literally, in half-point scoring, I'm not even sure the man is – he had more than 10 last week. That's it. Yep. That's that's what he was. Last week he had more than 10. So was that because their lack of wide receivers? Was that because his, you know – Mike Glennon was starting to, you know, use the tight end more than a guy like Daniel Jones. He did have nine the week before. I lied. I did not have my thing shifted. That was in week nine when he had it. Last week he had 5.3. So everything I just said was completely wrong because my stats were not organized or filtered in the right way. Uh, Evan Ingram hasn't had 10 since that week nine performance. So he is definitely a guy that you're pretty much not really out. I mean, he has been seeing six five four five targets like he's been getting targets they're just they're short yardage he's not scoring he's super touchdown dependent but i mean as sad as it sounds like eight points for a tight end is probably like top 12 tight end on the week because that's how bad the tight end position has been you're not wrong especially with missing a couple of people potentially this week like uh a travis kelsey but we'll get to that one when we move down to the chiefs game um, I'm still not in on Evan Ingram. I would rather have some other people like in our next matchup, the LA Rams and the Minnesota Vikings. I would rather still have a Tyler Conklin, even though I know he's also been inconsistent. I feel like I've seen more from him this season that I feel more confident rolling him out, hoping for a touchdown than I would rolling Evan Ingram out, hoping for a touchdown. Yeah, I would definitely feel better with Tyler Conklin as well, um, especially with Dalvin Cook out on the COVID list. Obviously, Madsen fits right in. You can play him. We've told you he Madison shouldn't be on your waiver wire. So, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, hey, if be you're out. A Dalvin Cook owner and you got rid of Alexander Madison, I'm talking at this one person on Facebook I saw this week who was laughing, saying, "I can drop Madison now because it's the almost the end of the season, right?" And everyone's like, "No, you don't drop him unless you're picking up a starter and you don't have anyone else." Yes, people, get it through your head. I think if anybody drafts Dalvin Cook next season and doesn't also draft Madison. You have learned nothing from 2021. Well, I'm not even sure. I think Madison's contract is up, so we'll see if he actually gets a shot somewhere else to be a starting running back. Fair. Um, I mean, that's true. But <laughs> So just pick up the guy that will now be the backup for Dalvin Cook at the end of your mm-hmm. draft because nobody will. Um, but we're not talking drafts yet. We're still talking fantasy semifinals. Uh, I like Tyler Conklin. Um, if you need a tight end, he's on the dartboard. I don't get too excited about tight ends because they're so hit or miss nowadays um adam thielen's i don't believe it's going to be back yet so it's going to be another justin jefferson and kj osborne game i'm not really feeling kj osborne maybe it's recency bias of the fact that kirk cousins just won a game for throwing 87 yards and just under 40 of those went to justin jefferson so i'm going to keep it to two pass catchers and that would be jefferson and conklin just freaked out for a second because I saw a Twitter notification that Josh Allen tested positive for COVID, but it was Bill's defensive and Josh Jaguars. Allen. So we're good there. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Jaguars defensive end, Josh Allen, defensive Josh Allen. So we're okay. Um, 
I also don't know if I like KJ Osborne because the Rams defense is tough. So I'm kind of sticking to the basics with the Vikings, with Madison, with Jefferson, probably avoiding Kirk Cousins as a streamer as well. I'm with you on all of that. On the Rams side of the ball, we're still in the three wide receiver conundrum. Are you still confident starting all three? I still think I see I still see myself in many leagues starting OBJ and Van Jefferson, despite OBJ not having a great week last week. I think it's just you know that they're a high powered offense. It's something you want a piece of. And the targets are still spread out fairly evenly. I think that's why I'm confident still starting them two along with Cub. Yeah, I think, you know, this is very similar to the Bengals situation at the beginning of the year where it was like two of them are going to boom. One of them is not, is might get a few catches, but it's not going to be what you wanted, but you, there's probably not a better option. I still feel like that's the case. You asked me to rank them. Cooper cup is by far the safest option. And then it would probably be OBJ and Van, then Van Jefferson, George, you might switch on me. I know we go back and forth on that one quite often. They're, they're, I know they're really I, close. I, <laughs> I, I would rank it one Cooper Cup, four, and four A and four B is Jefferson. OBJ gotcha. and Van Jefferson. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Like it's uh, that so much of a gap, but like they're they're like A and B. I don't, they're they're pretty much even on my board anymore. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, so I, that's how the receivers, the running back situation. That's one we're definitely gonna have to keep an eye on. Daryl Henderson currently isn't listed on the injury report, but like I mentioned at the top of the show. He was outsnapped by Sony Michelle. Was that him coming back from COVID and an injury? Will he see more of the workload this week? Will it be Sony Michelle? George, what is your confidence level in playing a guy like Daryl Henderson? Or do you think it'll go right back to Daryl Henderson and then a guy like Sony Michelle? Like, where are you at with that situation? So I think the COVID situation, the injury situation had a lot to do with last week. The only thing that concerns me is I feel like this year we've heard a lot of situations where coaches will start saying something or hyping something up, and then it actually happens. So last week before the game, the Rams said, we are going to be using both Henderson and Michelle. They're both going to be featured in our offense. And that was the case. It was true. I think the split is going to flip back this week. Henderson's going to see more carries than Michelle. I think it's going to make Michelle not fantasy relevant, but it's going to hurt Henderson from his earlier in the year status. So I would not be shocked if you saw that barely 10 point week out of Henderson, you saw like six or seven points out of Michelle and it just kind of hurts them both. But I think Henderson's going to be back to the lead back, just not the overwhelming starting running back that we saw earlier in the year. It's going to be more of this 60, 40 split in favor of Henderson kind of thing. I will take that for all my fellow <laughs> Deandre Swift, Daryl Henderson running back owners out there. Stay strong. We'll get through this. Uh, but I think that's enough Rams, Vikings. We can move on to a rematch of one of the oddest games of the season, and that is the Buffalo Bills, this time going to the New England Patriots. I don't believe the weather will be nearly as bad as it was for their first matchup where the Patriots literally ran it 30 sometimes in a row. We'll stick with the Patriots, though. What are your thoughts on the Patriots' as a whole. I know Mac Jones didn't have a great game last week against the the Colts. Kendrick Bourne is on the waiver wires. Like are we are we just starting the running backs, Harris and if Harris even plays and Ramondre Stevenson? Like is Hunter Henry like are you chasing those fantasy points of that big boom week? Like the Patriots are such a 
a hard team for me to evaluate. So I'm totally throwing it all on you. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, there's going to be a couple of wide receiver catches in this game, uh, but I'm not confident in any of them. The number one wide receiver in that offense has been Kendrick Bourne, and he's on the COVID list. So I'm not trusting Nelson Aguilar. I'm not trusting really any other wide receiver in that offense. When you talk about Hunter Henry, he is high on the tight end dartboard, in my opinion. I think he just needed that week to get himself back into relevance. The Patriots are going to have to throw the ball a little bit this time against the Bills, and I'm confident that he has a good chance at a touchdown. It's the only reason that he's on my dartboard. And then other than that, yeah, I'm starting the running backs. If Harris goes, I'm starting Harris. Um, if he doesn't go, it's definitely Stevenson. If Harris does go, Stevenson's still probably in flex consideration because I know they're going to want to feature the run game anyway. And Mac Jones is not even on my radar for fantasy. Um, I'm just hoping he throws the ball to Hunter Henry is really where we're at. <laughs> gotcha. It is worth noting, Ramondre Stevenson did miss practice on Wednesday and Thursday with an illness. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And Damian Harris was limited both weeks with his hamstrings. So that's a running back situation you have to monitor, but I'm with you. There's not much else out there in new England for to play fantasy wise. I still think this will be a good matchup Buffalo. That's where the fantasy points should come from. Josh Allen was full participant all week after his foot scare uh, and our just Twitter scare a few seconds Twitter ago, scare. a few minutes, a few <laughs> yeah. minutes ago, but Josh Allen should be good to go. You're keeping him in your lineup. Um, the big news is Cole Beasley. He did test positive for COVID, so he is out 10 days because he is unvaccinated. Emmanuel Sanders, though, is back to a full participant. I don't know how that will affect the di the dynamic between him and Gabriel Davis. I feel like they played very similar roles. Or if one of them will slot – if Sanders will try to fill the Beasley role. Um, so, George, as you mentioned, you picked up Gabriel Davis. Emmanuel Sanders is coming back. You still have Stephon Diggs. It's a really tough matchup against – the New England Patriots. What are your thoughts on that, that re receiver situation? I mean, you also have Dawson Knox in that pass catching mix too, but I think if the Bills <laughs> didn't show you anything in that last game against the Patriots where it was just snowy and windy and disgusting, they still want to throw the ball. They want to feature throwing the ball. So I hate places where there are three plus pass catching targets. The Bills are almost immune from that. We're losing Beasley and gaining Sanders. I think that that means Gabriel Davis is going to stay right along the same path that he's been on because I think they want to feature four different pass catchers. So even though the names have changed, I think the stats will stay similar. Um, so I'm still confident in Gabriel Davis this week. I'm hoping he still scores a touchdown, but I think he could be fantasy relevant without one. I'm probably staying away from Emmanuel Sanders a little bit because you don't know what you're going to get coming off of that long-term injury. But he could end up being fantasy relevant if you're desperate or you're looking for a steal in a um, daily fantasy kind of play. Stephon Diggs is obviously a slam dunk. And same with Dawson Knox. I don't even think he's on the dartboard, really. I think he's kind of graduated above the dartboard into that tight end to yeah, tier he, He's category. probably right on the brink. Of, I agree. He's probably right there on the every week starter. Um, mm -hmm. And then the rest of the group is the dartboard. Like, I don't think he's like graduated yeah. to like a guaranteed, you know, fantasy smash. He's like right up there with Kyle Pitts. Like you, yep. he can put up a big game. Um, it might not be great, but that's about where you have him. Mm -hmm. uh, running back for the Buffalo Bills. No. Nope. You're not done. You're not playing any of them, even though nope. Devin Singletary had over 90% of the snaps last week. No, because this will be the week that Zach Moss gets activated and gets 10 carries for no reason. So no. Okay. So what George is saying is if Zach Moss is, activated absolutely not 
And if the Buffalo Bills decide to make him a healthy scratch again, then Devin Singletary can be in play if you are desperate for a running back situation. If you're desperate, yes. Okay, fine. You got me. <laughs> I, I, I cleared it up for you. I told the people what you were thinking. I do have one more <laughs> question about this matchup because it is two good teams, good um, – Two and they're two good defenses. I believe both of these defensive units are top five in fantasy. My question is, are you worried about the Patriots defense or the Buffalo Bills defense this week that even though they're top five, that you would look to a different option? We don't talk a lot of fantasy defense here, so I have to maybe like, you know, a team like the Chargers <laughs> that is playing the Houston Texans. We'll talk about that in a matchup. You know, the Seattle Seahawks, I believe they have a really good matchup this week as well against – like the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Yep. Like those are some like lesser um, matchups. Would you chase the points or does the, the defenses because they're both top five fit into the player studs model that you live by? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do the uh, Cody roster evaluation answer. If you are a six seed that snuck through the first round of the playoffs, you're going against a two seed or a one seed. You are an underdog. I'm going out there and grabbing a defense that I think could boom for 15 points. That could be the Chargers. That could be the Seahawks. If you are a top seed or you're in a close matchup where your projections are within maybe 5, 10 points, I'm sticking with the Bills or the Patriots because I think that they can give you the solid 5 to 9 point performance. I just don't see it being much higher than that, knowing that these offenses are going to score points. So that's where I'm at. They're not going to be boom defenses this week, in my opinion, but they're going to still be solid defenses that aren't going to score you that zero negative two. They're still going to score you the five to nine range, and they're not going to hurt you. They're just not going to help you. Alrighty, Taking that advice to heart, possibly. Because in our league of record matchup, I have the Buffalo Bills, and I'm in the sixth seed, and the number one seed has the New England Patriots. So maybe we'll just let that game defense determine the championship round but let's move on to the next actual fantasy matchup that's the tampa bay buccaneers at the carolina panthers the tampa bay buccaneers were devastated by injuries last week they lost fournette he was placed on ir they lost chris godwin he's out for the season with a torn acl mike evans is week to week i'm gonna be i'm gonna guess he's not gonna play this week it's not confirmed one way or the other but that is what my gut is telling me so with all those injuries, we talked about this a little bit on the Tuesday show, but we're going to talk about it again here. The Panthers defense is what's better about this team. I I am guaranteeing you that Stefan Gilmore wants to intercept Tom Brady more than anybody on that Panthers <laughs> defense. But speaking of Tom Brady, without the weapons, he'll still have Gronk, he'll still have Rojo, uh, get some Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller. Are you still confident playing Tom Brady this week, or would you pivot to try to find a different option even a guy and this is going to sound like crazy thinking about this but a guy like tyler huntley who's expected to play with lamar jackson missing again rush running the cheat code a tyler huntley versus a tom brady so i was going to say tom brady falls down to near that quarterback 12 tier like that that quarterback 12 position for me so any like I would think about Taysom Hill if he were to be playing, but Taysom Hill is probably going to be out with COVID, so he's off the board. Tyler Huntley is another person that I'm definitely thinking about playing over Tom Brady because the running's a cheat code, because he has seemed to be running that offense fairly solid. I would rather 
have a quarterback who can run the ball and I know he can get me a good fantasy day with his legs rather than a Tom Brady who is going to have inconsistent weapons around him. We saw how much he struggled last week. If you're someone who's stuck on the player studs thing, which I mean, I think that is true to an extent, but I don't know if Tom Brady really fits into that category in my head. Um, go ahead, play Tom Brady. But the matchup's not fantastic. He's missing too many people. I would think about starting uh, Tyler Huntley, a Joe Burrow over a Tom Brady this week, but he doesn't fall to that, oh, you definitely shouldn't play him. He's right around that position where if there's no better options, don't go out there and try to sneak out a, I don't know, I'm failing for a better name, Jared Goff or a Baker Mayfield. I know they're both dealing with COVID situations, but don't go and try to like get cute like that. Just if you have one of those top end Tyler Huntley's Joe Burrows out on your waiver wire, go get them instead. Um, when it comes to wide receivers also, I think Antonio Brown is still a solid play, even though he might be shadowed by Stephon Gilmore. So I'm not too, um, Worried about that. I just don't like any wide receivers passing Antonio Brown. That is if Brown is back. Yeah, Brown was limited both Wednesday and Thursday, so I expect him to be back there. And I like your analysis, but for me, Tom Brady is still in the player studs category despite the injuries. I talked about it. They lost all the injuries during the game. He's had this full week to, you know, I know he's limited practice with Antonio Brown. Get on the same page with Tyler Johnson. Gronk is still there. I'm pretty sure he's pissed. You saw the, the Microsoft Surface tablet on the sideline. I wouldn't be surprised if he got out there and drops five touchdowns and gets his name back in the MVP race. And I'm not going to have that on my bench for if that happens, even for a guy like Tyler Huntley, who was the first player in Ravens history to throw for two touchdowns and rush for two touchdowns, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but we can talk yeah. more Ravens in a little bit. The Panthers side of the ball, though, we, we have to talk about it. Cam Newton is still expected to start. Sam Darnold is expected to get some work. Matt Rule is expected to be back in 2022, so that's some good news for the Panthers fans, maybe. I don't know how you guys feel about Matt Rule returning as a head coach. DJ Moore hasn't practiced all week. That's a big you know, question mark. Um, Robbie Anderson hasn't been terrible, so if DJ Moore doesn't play, are you throwing Robbie Anderson out there? Are, we, are you just done with Robbie Anderson this season? Um, and then if DJ Moore can't go and you're not playing Robbie Anderson, is there anyone you're playing from the Carolina Panthers? I mean, I'm avoiding Chuba Hubbard this week, um, especially against Tampa Bay defense. Um, I would probably have flex consideration for Robbie Anderson if you're a wide receiver desperate team, um, especially if he is the number one target. Somebody's got to catch the ball. They're still going to, you know, get some yards, put up some points. It's just not going to be pretty, and they're going to really have to figure out where those fantasy points are going to come from. Anderson would be the number one logical option. So I would, he would be the only person that's on my consideration after him. Nah, I, I'm, I'm avoiding everybody else. I think there's just nobody else left on that team that I'm in love with. Yeah, I am right there with you. So let's move on to our next matchup and it'll be our quickest breakdown ever. Jags <laughs> jets. I, I, we're going to, we're going to lump um, them both together. Okay. Who, who are you playing? Um, Michael Carter on the Jets side, and it's actually worth noting Michael Carter is on the uh, COVID list, but it's defender Michael Carter for the Jets, not running back. So I'm starting running back Michael Carter. It's a good matchup. Um, uh, uh, uh James Robinson. If he goes, because he didn't practice on Thursday. If he goes, um, I'm not starting Carlos Hyde, if not, because he has not been 
impressive enough for me, even in a matchup against the Jets. I'm just avoiding that backfield if it's not James Robinson. Am I missing anybody? Is that really it? <laughs> Dude, that's it, man. That's it? I mean, okay. <laughs> James Crowder is not practicing either. Like, No. <laughs> the Jets have 20 players on COVID, including head coach Robert Sala. The, this game is going to be the reason why these two teams are fighting for the number one pick. It is going to be sloppy. It's going to be messy. <laughs> Uh, you probably won't. They see both got on, running backs, and you probably won't see him much on red zone. But I think that's or fantasy, <laughs> and definitely not on fantasy zone. Uh, but we'll move on to the next matchup: the Detroit Lions. Uh, that's the most excited I'm ever going to get about saying that name. They are two and one in their last three games. They're going to the Atlanta Falcons. The big storyline, though, is Jared Goff is currently on the COVID list. So that's something we have to evaluate. A guy like Amra St. Brown was coming on very strong, very dominant. If he can't go, if or not he can't go, but Jared Goff can't go, do you still have confidence in a guy like Amron St. Brown with their backup, or is he tied to Jared Goff? If Jared Goff's out, so is Amron St. Brown. I think if Goff's out, St. Brown's out of my lineups. Um, I'm going to find better options, different options, like an Alan Lazard, like a Gabriel Davis, instead of an Amron uh, St. Brown. Um the only person on the Lions I like if Goff doesn't go is if DeAndre Swift gets back. Um, if not, Jamal Williams is probably still a solid play. That That's it. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's worth noting. DeAndre Swift limited both Wednesday and Thursday. We'll see his status. Jamal Williams was activated off the COVID list. Dan Campbell still said Craig Reynolds is going to get some action even uh, if all three are back. So could be very murky. In that situation, will be tough. Um, hopefully, DeAndre Swift is coming back. I've mentioned that four times now. So, that's yeah. enough Lions talk. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, if there is a game that Kyle Pitts will break back out, it's got to be this, right? Uh, you think that, but... <laughs> but... This, this Lions team, if we're just saying the last three weeks, has been playing really well, playing really strong defense. So... It's still the Atlanta Falcons. I am with you. I think Kyle Pitts could be the number one tight end on the week this week, but I could also see him putting up another five-point game and it all going to Russell Gage or all going to number 17 that I can't pronounce his name. All of me, he's a case. Thank you. I knew I knew you would help me out there. <laughs> um, or another big game for Cordero Patterson after he only put up less than five fantasy points last week. Like the, This team isn't they're great but there's a lot of options but there's not a lot of options that you're you're confident in i guess the big question is are you worried at all about Corderell patterson being you know 30 plus long season starting to slow down you think that was a one-week blip not the new normal where are you at with him i think that was a one-week blip we've seen one-week blips out of pretty much every fantasy star at some point so I think people are going to overreact to it a lot because we already think Cordero Patterson shouldn't be as good as he is, but he's been too consistent and too high scoring of a player for you to jump off the bandwagon after one game, especially going into a matchup against the Lions as good as their defense has been the last two, three weeks. Alrighty. So that's enough for that matchup. Next matchup is George's real favorite team, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Houston Texans. Uh, let's knock the Houston Texans out. Okay, that's it. That's who you're starting. Brandon Cooks is on the COVID list. So literally no one on the Houston Texans should be anywhere near your fantasy lineup. Except maybe Fairbairn, but we don't talk about kickers on the show. So 
Los Angeles Chargers. George, tell me about your favorite team. So the Philadelphia Eagles are very no. Um, I think you just gotta. I'm rolling with the norm plus adding in Mike Williams this week. I think so. Justin Herbert definitely good. I guess we do have to talk about Eckler though because Eckler is on the COVID list. I think. I don't know if the whole he tested positive for COVID but then didn't go on the list for another day means that he's close to that threshold to come back or if it means that they were worried there was a like a false positive. I don't know exactly what happened with that situation, but keep an eye out. There's still a chance he could play because he is a vaccinated player that just needs to test out of this whole new system. If he doesn't go, Justin Jackson is a smash play in my opinion against a good matchup in the Texans. He is the guy that seems to be the go-to if there is no Eckler. Um, Keenan Allen, obviously a smash play. And I, like I said, I'm throwing in Mike Williams in the mix this week as well. Uh, I don't think there's anybody else on top of that. I'm still avoiding the tight ends. If I can help it, maybe Jared cook is a low end dartboard option, but that's it. Yeah. I'm with you. I think Jared cook can be on, on the dartboard. Um, I like him better than, you know, he'd be up there with like a Tyler Conklin and Evan Ingram. Like the guys we talked about that we're not hundred percent confident in. Um, but outside of that, there's probably a better option you can find on your waiver. So that was pretty quick, pretty good, but we're talking about the Houston Texans. I mean, there's, there's really not much you can say that that team just needs to get (laughs) play guys against the Texans. Don't play guys on the Texans. Yep. That's, it's pretty simple in that (laughs) let's go to a better matchup. The last, the one o'clock games, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Ravens are missing quite a few defenders on the COVID list. We talked about it. Lamar Jackson isn't supposed to play Tyler. Well, he hasn't practiced all week. It doesn't look like he's going to play. I expect Tyler Huntley to be out there again. This is a big game for him. As someone who was at the game for Baltimore and had a very up-close up close, uh, viewing opportunity for this team, Tyler Huntley looked really good for a guy that was so underrated coming into the league. He looked like he had well control of the offense. They did a great job of finding a guy that could run the same system instead of trying to find a backup, so that's worked out great in their favor. His rushing ability is something you definitely have to keep an eye on. The running backs, it was very interesting. Latavius Murray definitely was the lead back on last Sunday, but he was pretty split with Devontae Freeman. And I don't think either of those guys are at the point in their careers where they can be dominant enough to be a top running back. So you you can play both of them, but you're, you're, they're touchdown dependent is what I'm trying to get at. So... If you want to play Murray or Freeman, just know like 12 points is probably their ceiling, like 40 to 60 yards and a touchdown with a catch or two. Like that's where they're at with them. Marquise Brown, they really wanted to get him involved. They threw him a lot of short passes. The Packers just did a really good job of tackling him and keeping him from getting that much of yak yardage, but they still wanted to, you know, involve him. So I think Marquise Brown is still a safe play. Outside of that, I'm not a big fan of Bateman. I think he is just been too inconsistent this season. He's a lot like Devontae Smith. Rookies are often bad. I mean, on the other side, you're going to talk about Jamar Chase, but he's been inconsistent as of late as well. Um, so the Baltimore Ravens, those are the guys I would start. Is there any differences for you? No, I mean, I'm trying to avoid the running backs if I can help it. Um, and I really did want to mention Marquise Brown, so I'm glad you hit that because even though it looked like he didn't have an impressive stat line, he turned into one of those wide receivers that gets a lot of catches that I never expected him to be. Um, it's just, yeah, like you said, the Packers contained him to he catch a ball, he get tackled right away. That's not going to happen in most situations for a guy with Marquise Brown's ability with the ball in his hand. So 
little bit of an outlier game, but I expect something bigger out of him this week. I can move on to the Bengals side because, like you said, I'm going to talk about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. If the Ravens are still missing a lot of those defenders on COVID, I think I would take a stab at all three. Um, Because I think, like we normally say, two of them are definitely going to hit. There's actually a chance all three hit if the Ravens are missing on top of all the deep, the injuries in their secondary the rest of them due to COVID too. It's, it's going to be, it could be potentially be a mess. And the only way that the Ravens have a chance to win this game is by putting up 40. So all three Bengals wide receivers are on my radar. Joe Mixon had a little bit of an injury scare, but I believe he is off the injury report now. So he is good to go. He is also somebody I have no problem playing. I think that's about it. I'm not really touching Uzama. Um, and Joe Burrow, uh, again, just like the, uh, Ravens, uh, if the Ravens are missing a lot of defenders, he's definitely somebody I'm not worried about the matchup this week. Yeah. I think it is worth noting. I joked about it last time. The, the Ravens and the Bengals got together about who would replace the, uh, AJ green in Baltimore explosion. And it was Jamar chase. He had his best week of the season week seven against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not saying he's going to go for another 200 yard game, but it's definitely something to worth monitoring he has been you know a little inconsistent over the last couple of weeks but did have a bounce back game against the 49ers um so keep an eye on that i not didn't really do much against the broncos last week so it could be a good game for him but i think we hit all of that one. Oh, i did want to say we don't uh-huh. normally do quotes of the week on this episode that's our tuesday show but we're gonna forget about it but wink mark and mark whatever the, the wink defense, martindale martindale thank you it was blanking he he really roasted. So if you didn't watch the game against the Packers and the Ravens last week, at times they were putting three players on Devontae Adams. They were like, you can beat us with literally anybody else. And he was asked about it. They were like, are you going to cover Jamar Chase like that? And he said, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the direct quote in front of me. But he said, uh, no, Jamar Chase isn't one of those guys. And Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I don't think we're putting we're ready to put a gold jacket on Joe. So pretty, much, I know there's a rivalry, <laughs> but he came out and like roasted the Bengals and more specifically Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. We'll see how that plays out this Sunday. So a little bonus quotes of the week for you guys. But as I was getting ready to do the four o'clock game, Chicago Bears at the Seattle Seahawks. We talked about how this could be a good matchup because the Seattle Seahawks defense hasn't been great this year. Um, so they're probably readily available if you want to take a flyer. But sticking with the Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett is supposed to be off the COVID list in time. Um, but that offense has been so – like, what? where are you at with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson? With Lockett back off the COVID list, I'm right back to the situation of I somehow feel more confident in Lockett than I do DK. And if you told me at the beginning of the season I'd be benching DK in a fantasy playoff game, I'd call you crazy. But that's where I'm at. I am trying to find better options than DK Metcalf. He is not in the studs category anymore with how bad he's been doing. He's somebody that if he happens to go off for 20 points on my bench this week, I'm just hoping I win and maybe I'll think about starting him next week. Um, But I'm not worried about the chance that he could go off on my bench. If I'm a Tyler Lockett owner, I'm more confident in playing him. He's in flex consideration. Um, Yeah. And I think the same almost applies to DK that does with Russell Wilson. I don't love playing Russell Wilson either. He just has been pretty awful. And the Bears defense is decent. 
Alrighty, I, that's it's going to be tough to bench those kind of guys like you mentioned in your fantasy playoffs. It is, it is. But sometimes you have to do it. You know, you can't get caught up on where you drafted players. You can't get up if you tr- maybe you traded for DK Metcalf early in the season, and even if you give a guy like Jonathan Taylor when he was had a little bit of a slow start, like you can't be mad at what you gave up. Like you're here now, you have to play what's best for this moment. Um, before we move on to the Bears, those Seattle running backs, it's a little bit of a mess. It does appear Rashad Penny is the lead guy, but I use lead lightly. I still think they'll, you know, try to get Alex Collins involved. They'll try to get some other guys involved. But if I think if you have to play one, you would play Rashad Penny. I'm in the same boat. If you have to play one, it's Penny. I'm in a league where I'm pretty desperate at the running back position. Penny is still in one of my lineups. Um, but I don't love it. I'm not expecting a lot. I'm hoping the rest of my team can take over or maybe Penny gets in the end zone and gets that 12 point week we were talking about, like similar to a Devonte Freeman or, a, um, yeah, that kind of player. No, absolutely. I am right there with you. I have a league where I have, I almost had to start Rashawn Penny and or Rashad Penny and Jeff Wilson this week because in a semifinal matchup, because my running backs are so devastated and I am not playing Wilson and he had 12 points. So we'll see if I regret that decision. And uh, the weirdest so- thing is like uh, the, the playoff matchups I am left in are the situations like that. The leagues where I have the Joe Mixon's and the Nick Chubbs I'm out in now. Like it makes no sense. It really yeah, doesn't. It, it's make been a weird sense. It's been a weird year. Like in our league of record, there's a guy that has Dalvin cook and Jonathan Taylor and he missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how that And then happened. I'm a team with Mixon and Chubb and missed the playoffs. Like, every stud running back, for the most part, is out already in our league of record, and it makes no sense. Yeah, and then I'm over here with <laughs> Penny and Wilson and Swift, and it's like... Mm-hmm. And Henderson. Uh, and Henderson. So, like, it's not like they've been <laughs> they've been injured the last couple weeks. It's been a lot of up and down. So this fantasy season has been one for the ages, but we still got to talk about the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields did not practice Thursday with his ankle injury. I think they're probably just trying to rest him. I think he'll play. Mm-hmm. Um, Fields could be like a sneaky starter. Like if you're really desperate, I think you could just because of he has some rushing ability. It's not going to be great. Like I'm not telling you to play him over anyone else, but maybe you're relying on Jared Goff and he doesn't come back with COVID. Then maybe look at a guy like Fields if a Huntley isn't available. Are you been relying on Taysom Hill? Like Fields is an option that. There's at least some upside because of his rushing ability. Other than that, um, I think Darnell Mooney is the, the receiver you would play. Again, mm-hmm. you don't feel confident in it. Allen Robinson has been one of the biggest busts of the season. And then, George, I'll let you talk about Cole Komet if you want to. <laughs> um, I'm in a situation also in that same league where I'm playing Penny that I have no tight ends left because of injuries and whatsoever. Um, my waiver wire was very bleak. I did not have the option of going and getting someone like a Hunter Henry, even though he's been struggling, he's still owned. So I went and got Cole Komet because I still like Cole Komet slightly better than the Tyler Conklins of the world. And those other guys that are touchdown dependent. I mean, Cole Komet is also touchdown dependent, but he is getting slightly more targets, which is why he's slightly higher on the board. I am not confident don't go say you're winning a fantasy championship with Komet. I'm slightly off the bandwagon, but when it comes to dartboard candidates, he is still one of the slightly higher end dartboard candidates. <laughs> Apps. Oh, I'm not going to say absolutely for that one, but that, <laughs> George is going to live or die on this hill with Cole Komet, and it will be fun to watch out, see how that plays out this week. 
Um, our next matchup at the beginning of the season probably looked one of, like one of the better matchups of the year. That is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Pittsburgh Steelers has been struggling as of late. The Kansas City Chiefs are dealing with the COVID. They're one of the COVID hotspots this week. The two big names are Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Would be a tough blow for any, especially Travis Kelsey coming off of a week where he outscored like 12 players combined. Like not just random players, like starting players combined. Um, Kelsey was put on the list on Monday, so there is a chance he could come off. Hill was put on the list on Tuesday, so there's a chance he could come off as well. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. That'll be tough. We'll start with the Chiefs. If these guys can't go, yeah. are there replacements for them? Are like, are you, Would you throw out a, a Miko Hardman or a Demarcus Robinson? Or is that like getting too cute just trying to be a part of this offense? Like, Where are you at with a Josh Gordon? Not Josh Gordon. Um, <laughs> no, I, there's not a replacement. Like, you're not going to replace the chance that Tyreek Hill gets 30 points. You're not going to replace the chance that Travis Kelsey gets 30 points. If you're looking for somebody who could score you some fantasy points, I think your best option is Mecole Hardman because you know he is a big play threat. Even if he doesn't have a great game, he is two plays away from scoring you 15 points. Um, I want and want and want to say Byron Pringle, but honestly, that's being too cute. Um, and I think the same can be said with Demarcus Robinson. The same can be said with Josh Gordon. I'm stuck on if anybody is going to have a chance for a good game in this, it's going to be me, Cole Hardman, and I'm not super confident. I just know that he can do it in two plays, which is why he's the most confident, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think because of the injury, or not the injuries, but the COVID status of Hill and Kelsey, I think that can bring both Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Daryl Williams into startable positions. Uh, Williams has been featured a lot in the backfield. They might try to run the ball a little bit more. It's still Andy Reid, so that is a big if. But I still think both of those can be started. And there really isn't a tight end. I know they have some you know, f- fascinating tight end prospects there, but they are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. If this was against the Houston Texans, I might go out and say, let's try their backup tight end as a dartboard. But because it's the Steelers and Minka Fitzpatrick back there, I'm not rolling out any of those guys. So the Chiefs. Well, as, it's between that plus the guy that I like best as their backup tight end is Blake Bell, and he's also on the COVID list. So even that is a problem on top of it. Yep, absolutely. Any Before we move on, any concerns about Patrick Mahomes? Like, you know, we just talked about, you know, managing expectation was Tom Brady with him missing pieces. If you're missing Hill and Kelsey, like, are you worried about Patrick Mahomes at all? Patrick Mahomes or Tyler Huntley? I'll ask you that question as well. <laughs> Um, I'm sticking with Patrick Mahomes for the stud talk. And let me also just say this one. Um, so you're telling me that the chiefs are going to be missing their top two passing weapons, Uh, similar situation. To what's going on with the Buccaneers. If you asked me who's backup wide receivers, I'm more confident in the Buccaneers with the Tyler Johnson and that group or the chiefs with the Byron Pringle, the Demarcus Robinson and the Mecole Hardman. I'm going with the chiefs because I've seen those players produce in the playoffs before I've seen those players produce in the Super Bowl before, even though they're not, they weren't like the spotlight players. I've seen them play and be successful with Mahomes in the past, as opposed to the Buccaneers side. I haven't seen those guys consistently being solid wide receivers. So um, I'm still semi-confident in Mahomes, at least as confident as you can be in a guy who's been so up and down this year. Um, and I'm probably playing him over Huntley, but like, I still like he's not, 
in the top five. He's in the top ten. I gotcha. And I ha- one follow up to your statement: If Antonio Brown is back, does that change how you view the wide receivers for the Buccaneers compared to the Chiefs? Uh, probably makes it yeah you're right um that would probably give it a slight edge to the buccaneers but not not much i still think the chiefs i like the chiefs depth better it just makes the buccaneers go from a big pool of studs to being very top heavy gotcha all right that's some interesting advice the pittsburgh steelers though the team they're playing in this matchup, it's also worth noting, I believe Harrison Bucker is also on the the COVID list. So they could be in some field goal situations, a guy not used to kicking an arrowhead. Uh, so something to monitor as well for the Chiefs. But now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it is, it's Najee Harris. It's Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Um, that pretty, pretty much sure. does it because I think Friar Muth is still out. Yeah, I think he's still dealing with the concussion issues. Yes. Um, so that'd be Chase it for me Claypool too. Was no, yep. No, Chase Claypool has been dropped in a lot of situations where I had Chase Claypool. Yep, same, same here. Last four <laughs> o'clock game is the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. Drew Locke is supposed to get the start after the the nasty concussion uh, Teddy Bridgewater took on Sunday. The Las Vegas Raiders coming off of a last minute win on Monday. A little bit of a short week. Um, but at least they're playing at home. Divisional matchup, two teams on the brink of the playoffs fighting for it. Um, we'll start with the Broncos side. I think we can play both running backs and Noah fan. Anyone else? Is this the key that Jerry Judy has needed to be a fantasy relevant player all year? Is Drew Locke the key? Um, I'm not I'm not playing him because I'm not gonna like put my faith on Drew Locke in my fantasy playoffs, but there's a chance. I almost wonder. Like I was, I was thinking about this, and this is a little bit again Christmas Eve tangent. But mm-hmm. does this team miss KJ Hamler more than we we think? Just like a guy that takes, you know, goes deep so much and opens up those, you know, deep in routes and deep crossers for a Jerry Judy and a Cortland Sutton. Like, are they missing that you big know, play threat? I never thought of that. We never mentioned that. But when you think about it, like those receivers were fantasy relevant to start the year, and then like around when Hamler went down is when things got worse. You're right. Maybe that's true. And they don't really have a true burner wide receiver left on their roster anymore. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. I'm not saying that these guys are talented enough. They should be able to, to um, put up, be productive without a guy like KJ Hamler. But I've often, I've been thinking about like the whole, you know, both safeties like don't, fear of someone getting on top of them so they get to keep everything in front of them and just an interesting dynamic but we're not playing any of those wide receivers i'd love to see one of those guys start to you know get back to more normalcy with a guy like drew lock uh drew lock gets an opportunity to show that he can be a quarterback in this league um it's probably his it's either his opportunity to do that or it will be a swan song we'll have to wait and see there on the raiders side darren waller is still out so I'm at this point, like I'm worried that he'll be out the rest of the season. I think you can't really rely on him for your, the last week in fantasy playoffs, if he would make it back anyways. So Foster Moreau is a, a dartboard throw. He hasn't been the guy we thought he would be compared to how he looked in the Eagles game. Uh, but 
he's a guy that's out there. Derek Carr has looked the best this week. They've been struggling as an offense. Josh Jacobs was dealing with a little bit of an illness earlier this week, but he should be back. I think he's in your lineup. But really, another matchup, like, I feel like there's a lot of pieces I want to like on the Raiders, but there's not a lot of pieces I feel confident in playing on the Raiders. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at, too. Um, also, I, I think Renfro. Say, yeah, Renfro, oh, I know he had a really he had a down week last week, but I feel like everybody had a down week last week. Um, going into that week, I think I mentioned it on the, the week prior show, but he was wide receiver three over like the last six weeks going into the mm-hmm. season. So you ha- I'd roll him out there completely blanked on him, but definitely he'd out there. And that was compared to DK Metcalf being wide receiver 37. So just that's a crazy dynamic when you think about it. Uh, so Renfro oh my God. is if a good If you have go. Renfro and DK, you're starting Renfro slam dunk. And that's insane to think about from like the beginning of the season. Ab- it was a complete absolutely. contrast. Um, <laughs> and the only other thing is the Raiders, if you're listening, you see, you threw it to Brian Edwards for a touchdown in the first quarter, and you won the game. Whoa. Maybe keep using <laughs> Brian Edwards before the fourth quarter. Uh, just, just a thought. But, George, I know the Sunday night matchup is what you've been dying to watch. It is your two secretly favorite teams that you love to root for. You get so excited when they're on. That is the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. The good news is, Taylor Heineke is off the COVID list, so he should be back. They're getting better. Um, get me my football team gear because the Cowboys are going down. No, not really. Um, the Cowboys are probably going to dominate Washington again until the fourth quarter when the Cowboys play with no heart and go into conservative mode and Washington starts to come back. So if you're playing anybody from Washington, if you have to play anybody from Washington, I hope it's just Antonio Gibson. Um do not freak out when he has two points at halftime because Dallas tends to get up and then start to give up yards and touchdowns. So I would not be shocked if there was a strong second half out of Antonio Gibson. Uh, he's all I can think of that I would play. I'm not really in on the Ricky Seals Jones train anymore. Terry McLaurin, I'm avoiding if I can help it. There's a chance he gets a big play, but that's about your only chance of getting a good fantasy game out of him. He's either a big play or touchdown relevant. That's yeah, about I- it. Uh, Antonio Gibson does worry me a little bit. Um, this is a pretty decent defense, and he did not practice with a toe injury. They're coming off. It'll be a short week. They did play on Tuesday. Um, not as short as if it was going Sunday to Thursday, but still a short week. Um, so that's something to monitor. It's like the Miles Sanders thing we talked about, the, you know, earlier in the show. If he, if Miles Sanders, you know, ends up not playing or is going to be limited because it's a short week, um. You, you might pivot off of him. The same with Antonio Gibson. Like, it sucks that this is the Monday night, or the, not the, the Sunday night game, so you might not hear anything until like an hour before. Um, So maybe pick up Jared Pat- Patterson just in case you're desperate and Gibson is a late-minute scratch. You could probably find him as a, a last-minute replacement, but I'm with you. Gibson is pretty much the only guy I like on this team, and that's crazy because Terry McLaurin is one of my favorite players. He's just, with Taylor Heineke, he's been so inconsistent. On the Cowboys' side, it's play your studs. Like, I think Dak is playable. No. Uh, I know it hasn't been the season you expected from him, but he's still playable. I know Zeke's still dealing with his knee injury. Pollard's still dealing with his injury. Um, I'd play Zeke. I probably wouldn't play Pollard at this point. That's where I'm at with those. And then the wide receivers, Cooper Cup, not Cooper Cup. I always get Amari Cooper and Cooper Cup mixed up. 
I am so glad Cooper Cup is not on the Cowboys. That would make my life miserable. Amen. But, <laughs> but Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are both startable. And then I think Gallup and is a flex option. And then Schultz is in that pretty much a weekly starter like the, the Kyle Pitts and Dawson Knox. Like some weeks it'll be good, some weeks it won't be. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add on that. You said exactly what I was going to say. So if you have anything else, you can stop me. If not, we're moving on to Monday Night Football. Miami Dolphins, New Orleans Saints. Start with the Saints side just because they are currently missing to the COVID list. Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Adam Troutman, among others. Not that we were playing Troutman. He's just one of the more consistent uh, passing targets. So I had to throw him on our list here. And it's not going to matter if they don't have a quarterback to play. Because the other are already down Jameis Winston. I have no idea who's even on their depth chart that would go if there's no Hill or Simeon. I'll take a look while Cody starts talking more Saints. I can actually tell you because I know. It'll be oh, fourth okay, round on. pick uh, out of Notre Dame, Ian Book, who expected to get his first oh, start. Yeah. And Alvin Kamara will be the backup quarterback. Nice. Okay, I'm starting Kamara. So um, especially if he has to get playing quarterback, we're just going to be running uh, read option plays the entire game. I like it. <laughs> uh, so that's where we're at. Uh, Ian Book is in line to get the start against a pretty good Miami Dolphins defense. That's not probably going to be a good thing. Uh, this is probably an awful Monday night matchup for fantasy. There's probably not too many guys that you're going to be relying on um, from the Saints outside of Kamara. He's going to be the guy that's going to you know make or break your fantasy season, depending if you're playing him or watching him play. I mentioned the Dolphins defense is good, but... The Dolphins, the Dolphins are interesting for me. I, I, I'm going to pivot over to the Dolphins because I don't think there's much more to talk about. The Saints. Mm-hmm. The running back situation is one thing I want to talk about. The Miles Gaskin versus Duke Johnson debate. Was that because of COVID or is Duke Johnson now a guy? Is it even worth playing any of those against a number two fantasy defense in the New Orleans Saints? My other question is wide receivers. Um, I don't believe Jalen Waddle has been activated yet. If he does, he has. He, he was activated. I couldn't remember. Yes. Um, do you play him immediately over a guy like Devontae Parker? Is Devontae Parker a guy that you're willing to start? Um, I'm So I'm throwing a bunch of questions at you, and now I'm ready right. for your answers. All right. Uh, running back situation for Miami. Um, they have been cloudy all year. I do think the Duke Johnson thing had a lot to do with COVID and not practicing. I am not in on Duke Johnson. I'm not in on any Miami running backs, especially because the Saints defense is great against the run where the Saints defense is not great is against the pass. So one of my favorite quarterback plays this week is Tua. Not saying like over your studs, but I would put him over certain situations. I would probably play him over Tom Brady this week. Either I'm being bold and I'm the person that's not high on Tom Brady this week. Um, And Jalen Waddell, I think, is right back in my lineup because I think that they're going to pass the ball a decent amount against the Saints defense that does not have a good secondary. And I also think Devontae Parker is in your flex conversation for the same reason. Um, yeah, so I am out on the Dolphins run game. I'm in on the Dolphins pass game. All righty, that's, uh, that's some good advice. Uh, before we go, we do have a little bit of breaking news. Um, and by breaking, it's nothing but more COVID additions. Bill's wide receiver, Gabriel Davis, a guy that we both like this week, has been added to the COVID list. Uh, so if you're... Thank you for getting all the way to the end of the podcast to find out that Gabriel Davis is no, most likely out this week. Um, a guy you weren't playing, but LaVisca Chanel is also out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So more names are coming on to the COVID list. Uh, so you have to be, you know, staying up to date. We'll be happy to help you that. Make sure you're following us on the couch GMs or at the couch GMs over on Twitter. That's where we 
do a lot of retweeting and sharing some in and out advice over there. So make sure you're following us there. Um, but as always, thank you for listening to another episode of the Couch GMs podcast. And because Cody did not do it, I will say Tyler is not here with us. But what he would like me to say is we want you all to get involved. We are in the fantasy playoffs. We know that we can do it the best we can with telling you who we like and who we don't like for a week. But a lot of it comes down to your actual roster. So get involved. Send us a message. Send us a post on our Twitter page. Whatever it might be with your lineup questions, we can help you out. We want to help you get to a fantasy championship. But thank you guys one more time for listening into the Couch GMs podcast. For Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth, and we'll see you all next week.